Hey, this is Dan Harmon from The Real Community. You're listening to Shut Up Leonard. Was that was that crass? Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, we watched an, a nice one today. A really good one. It's it's the 16th episode of season two, entitled Intermediate, Intermediate Documentary, Documentary Filmmaking. Filmmaking. You love it when you do that. Who oh, wrote I, this shit? I'm sorry, I forgot to get the right. Oh boy, you, you have trust failed me. You can find it faster than me. You have sure. failed me. Uh, I even meant to grab it during the commentary run because I missed it on the first manner. Uh, special while I'm looking this up, special thanks to uh, Alex Machina of Slackery.com, who uh, did our theme song, which is a great thing that we all enjoy. Yep, that's S L A C K T O R Y dot C O M. How are you not as good I at that as it. I am I when you're Johnny Johnny Disney over here? I lose the melody at some point. Yeah. S-L-A-C-K-T-O-R-Y dot com. That's what it is, Andrew. I don't know what melody I'm doing then, because I'm doing a different one. Yeah, I, well, in my def- I learned it not from Disney, but from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, did, have we said... Megan Gans wrote this episode, oh, which makes, makes sense, sense because she, she was, was on, on the commentary. commentary. Should we try to do the entire episode? Of- <laughs> 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 We've already failed. We got close. Yeah. Because we both, we gave each other a look where we said, no, say the same exact thing. <laughs> and then we both just said totally opposite sentences. Well, we started them, but we were going to end them the same way, I think. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out. And you've been listening to Analyzing Shut Up Leonard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who, Would who, we call that one Speak Leonard? <laughs> or The Spake no. Leonard? No, because it's not the opposite of Shut Up Leonard. It's, we're not doing the opposite of what we normally do. I prefer the spake Leonard. <laughs> what what let's talk about this episode. <laughs> um What happens? Did in I already this say episode? it's the sixteenth episode of the second <laughs> yes, season? Yes, you did. It's a goodie. Yeah. Um in a in a I don't think they do this very often. Mm-hmm. It's almost a, a continuation of the end of the last episode. Yeah, part the two. last last episode ended with uh the final shot was Pierce. Uh, not in the tag, but the the final yeah. shot, so to speak, was Pierce lying passed out on a bench. Yeah, and we opened this episode with the the, the gang in the hospital because he is he was found, found on the bench, passed out on a bench. Yeah, and uh, this is famously uh, the episode. Uh, how do they call it? It's shot documentary style, yeah. documentary style, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yes. Um, yes. That's explained as Abed Pierce asked Abed to make. A video about his life or something, right? Uh, yeah, because he's dying. Sure. I mean, it's not the greatest explanation, but I could. Yeah. You you tell Abed, hey, can you make a move? You start to say movie, and he just has a camera immediately. Yeah. Because this is as we've learned in that first season episode where he makes uh, the so-called documentary of his own life, mm-hmm. where Jeff plays his dad. Yes, and Britta, his mom. Yeah, I don't want to be your father. <laughs> yeah, you already know your lines. Yeah. 
Sad times. Uh, um, should we do an overview? That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Uh, basically, it, it turns into Pierce bequeathing upon the group various items. Yeah. And, and the group trying to figure out what they mean. There's a plane, I think. Yeah, that's a plane that I'm hearing right now. And, yeah. and, and perhaps you are hearing on the podcast. Uh, so Pierce is bequeathing various items to the group. And the group is kind of trying to figure them out. Yes. Um, and uh, it's it's revealed right away that, that Pierce is just messing with everyone. Yes. He, he isn't dying, per se. No. But, he, I mean, he did have a pill addiction problem. Yeah. Uh, but now he's fine. Yeah, he's only he, dying in the sense that we are all dying. Yeah, and now to get back at the group for not stopping the pill addiction problem, perhaps. Well, just in general, not or, uh, not taking him seriously. Yeah, he's he's doing these uh, punishment bequeathings. Yes. Um, I think that's that's about as good an explanation as we're going to get right now. Yes. Before we get to notes. Notes. Um. Right away, so the, the we noticed the episode is shot very differently because mm-hmm. Abed, in this first shot, is hiding behind a bush, filming everyone. Yeah. Um, and they, I thought it was interesting that, I'm trying to figure out if this means something. Uh, Pierce is in room 1023, 1023. Hmm. Because it's not the 23rd episode. No, of the 10th season. <laughs> well, I could see it being season one, episode 23, but it's not even that. That would be 0123, though. Well, unless you want to be tricky. And I don't see this as, as good hospital numbering. I work in a hospital, yeah. and that's not how the room numbers work at all. Okay. Unless it had... Uh, this hospital didn't look like it had that many stories to it. Maybe two? Yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway. Well, as they point out, once they get outside, it's, it's clearly a production <laughs> studio and not a hospital. Yeah, although I, do, I did catch the name that they put on the side. East Wing? Brooks Memorial Hospital. Hmm. For Garth, you think probably uh, they're getting ready yeah. for when he goes. <laughs> yeah, you're not even going for Al. Bert, you mean to say Al Bert Brooks? Yeah, not Al Brooks. Well, I call him Al. Okay. When I'm hanging Johnny out with Casual. When I'm hanging out with Al. <laughs> well, uh, who was it that has uh, uh, Mister Whatever's I love this fucking bar? That's Toby Keith. That's Toby Keith. Uh, that seems like more of a Colorado thing than than a California thing. I think I think the Albert Brooks and even the Mel Brooks Memorial Hospitals, those are in California. Okay, out in Colorado they have a Garth Brooks Memorial Hospital. <laughs> okay, maybe he, he join us next week for more uh, limited assumptions about the middle of the country. I think from more... two douchebag Californians. He Garth Brooks sponsored this hospital. Yeah, and he didn't understand what memorial meant. Okay, you just made it worse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some people just don't know what words mean. Okay, so Abed is filming a documentary. It's nice to see his crew, which consists of uh, yes, Garrett uh, Lambert and, and Pavel. Pavel, the great Pavel. Gotta love Pavel appearances. Yeah. Um, Pierce wakes up. Yep. He mentions a, a an array of horrible things he saw in in his comatose state. <laughs> Among them are Critters Three. Yeah, and as he his wording here is interesting, something called Bruce Willis surrogates, which is just a weird way to say a movie's title. Yeah, like if I asked you, hey, what'd you see over the mo- weekend? You wouldn't say, oh, Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just a weird way of putting it. I mean, I think they wanted to know that that because I, I didn't even catch that was a reference to that 
that film. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Bruce Will. Bruce Willigus. Yeah. Sir, sir. I don't know how to. Bruce Willigan Sergas. <laughs> yes. Of course, we were talking about the Bruce Willis film Surrogates, based on a comic book. Was it? Yeah. Good lord. Um. Yeah. That I had forgotten about that film. Yeah. Even that reference didn't even get to I me. had not because I saw it. Why? You know, I like a sci-fi. Was he a robot? Adventure. Or was he the person controlling a robot? No. Well, they were all the the idea is that they were all people controlling robots. Yeah. Yeah. But what was was his? Did heroes his robot look like him? No, no. He was the uh, old, the old guy who's like, yeah, I don't trust these robots. Oh, yeah, so he I'm was the gonna... one human left with a bunch of robots. Well, I mean, it's like it's like a smartphone. It's like there are people left aren't who aren't using these robots, but they're like the okay. the loser luddites in okay. the society. I would like to imagine that continuing that comparison, there are also people who are running robots that don't look cool. Yeah, <laughs> that are kind of like clunky, <laughs> and then there are people who are running the clunky ones because they think they look cool. Yeah. Uh, Rosamund Pike was in this film. Oh. You'll be interested to know. Uh, re- re- ready for who she played? Her name or her title? Her relation to other characters. Was was she Bruce Willis's wife? Yep. Uh, Good 20 years younger, Bruce Willis's wife. I was, was going to say daughter, but I knew it was wrong. It's yep, wife. wife. <sighs> okay, enough about surrogates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, although maybe it was a situation where it's because she's her robot body didn't age. That's so typical. I'm tired of that. That might not even be the case. That was also in, that might not even be the case. That was also I in, in time. Uh, I like that film a lot. In time, but there was it's a part where good. where the guy says, "Here's my wife, my daughter, and my granddaughter." Yeah, that was in the trailer. What, that was in the, the trailer. All three of them were very clearly in their. 20s yeah and extremely attractive but that's the point of in time that's the premise of that film is that no one ages when you're rich except isn't who's the one old man there is there an old man in that movie probably i don't you know it's been a while since i saw it in time it's been a while yeah, um it's so at the, at the end of the uh before the credits roll oh yeah or not the credits we're the still opening, we're still in the pre before the opening this. the cootie catcher credits um, i had a couple notes here actually before the cootie catcher yeah because I had one that that's kind of like right before. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of this before. So for, we, first time we see Abed, uh-huh. he uh, mentions how doing a documentary is so much easier, and then he lays out why. Yeah. Which, uh, as Dan Harmon pointed out, this this whole episode is kind of their dig at uh, The Office and Modern Family and yeah. all those shows. That, and he even said Parks and Rec. Yeah. Which I thought was surprising. You know, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, it is in that style. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not. Which is overdone at this point. Can yeah. we agree? Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, I think it's the worst. Yeah. And they mentioned Rest Development here. I think, uh, uh, not here, but later on the commentary, they mentioned Rest Development, which is also documentary style. But I, the thing that, for me, was always the defining difference uh, there was that Rest Development never did Talking Heads. Never, no. Which uh, I think was a smart move on their part. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a great line there, just, you know, that little meta dig at those other shows. Um, there's a great moment here where uh, Pierce, uh, he's laying out, he's saying, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, this is our last uh, time I'm going to see you. Yeah. Uh, to which Joe responds, you're going to kill us? <laughs> uh, which is great. I wanted to highlight that. And then also, uh, so uh, Pierce reveals his plan. He, he reveals to the camera yeah. that he's not really dying and therefore reveals to Abed. Who does not tell any other members of the group? Nope. Which is again, this is more classic chaotic neutral Abed. And the and and also telling is is 
he doesn't bequeath anything to Abed. No, he I knows that, that he doesn't even have to include Abed in the in the game. Yeah, because Abed oh, is just playing. the observer. Yeah, he's playing already. And that's I, I think in this one and the Dungeons Dragons here, there's a theme running of of Abed just through his his sort of scientific observer uh, uh, observer nature. He kind of becomes Pierce's accomplice. Yeah. In, a, in a few of his evil schemes, just by virtue of the fact that he 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 doesn't. But we never hate him. He doesn't feel the need to. Yeah, he's he is like a Watu the Watcher, <laughs> and when he dies and his eyeball explodes and, and spreads secrets all over New York City, yeah. we will all be sad because we all love Abed. You think who who will learn Abed Watu? Who will learn the Dean's secret? Uh, and also, what secret oh, does Jeff, he have left? Obviously, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but what secret is left for Jeff to learn that is about the Dean that will shock him or? Uh, inspire him to find the truth or something. Did we already find out how Alan knew that uh, Jeff's thing was fake? Who's Alan? Alan is, is Rob Cordry, who, of course, ratted Jeff out. Jeff's name? What are you saying? Jeff, that Jeff, had a, his his degree was fake. Yeah. Um, hold on, I know this. Oh, that's what you're thinking? That the dean... That somehow the dean arranged that so that Jeff so would come to Greendale. He, so somehow the dean saw Jeff one day yeah. and said, I will have that. Yes. Please. And he concocted a scheme. Out, yeah, he, got, he, knew that, he knew that Duncan was friends with Jeff. Yeah. And so he knew that Jeff would come to Duncan at Greendale yeah. to ask to be a student or something. Yeah. Huh. I like that a lot. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> we're getting way off topic. We are. And I, do, do the non-Marvel readers out there have any idea what we're talking about? <laughs> We've alienated... Our entire audience right now. Listen, Marvel is a comic book company. <laughs> I'm going to start at the beginning. <laughs> In the 40s, there was a company called Timely Comics. I'm going to take a moment. And they ran a book that was called Marvel Comics. And then that eventually grew into the company that is now Marvel Comics. Uh, all right. I'm, this, I'm done with this bit. Uh, let's move on to our next note, uh, which I think that's all I have before the credits. Well, I just want to... You said it already, because they say it in the commentary, but they are... Uh, specifically calling out like modern family yeah. there like the the way that the show is set up because abed says something which is ironic given where megan gans now works yeah but um because abed says something like um talking to the camera is so much easier for storytelling yeah like and as we've said like abed can be the voice of dan Harmon sometimes i think <coughs> that 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 is certainly the case for um all of the uh the uh community characters corrects mm-hmm. as they um, say on um comedy i had ways. since we're on the topic of these other shows i had a note from the commentary about these kinds of shows mm-hmm. and how i i can't remember who said it it might have been dan Harmon, mm-hmm. but it was how people call out like community and even 30 rock yeah. for being too meta yeah but these mockumentary shows are literally breaking the fourth wall by having the characters speak to the audience yeah and that's what meta is in a sense. It's yeah. breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And that's what and that's what he talked he's talked about us before in the commentary, and I think we talked about it on the show. How community d- despite all, all the, the, the parallels to the, the you know, the meta ness comes from parallels to the real world, but they've never once broken the fourth wall. Yeah. They it's always a contained story that, that you, you just see in front of you. You you're never invited in, into the same world. A couple of times Abed looks at the camera, but that's to be taken as Abed believes there's a camera there. Yeah. Like it's not like there's a camera there. It's like Abed believes there's a camera yeah. there. <laughs> so yeah. I I I'm I'm with Dan, Danny Harms on this one. Um okay, so then we have the credits. Uh they're all in the waiting room. Yep. Uh 
and uh, Troy says when he's this sad, he usually makes fun of Pierce to <laughs> to bring himself back up. Yep. But he can't do that now because it would make him more sad. And then he said it's like Gregory Hines all over again, uh, which is pretty great. So apparently, at, at before, well, when did Gregory Hines pass? Oh right, you you've been obsessed with Troy's birth line. Well, no, uh, I'm more. This is more about Gregory Hines now. Oh okay. Uh, the implication here is that Troy used to have a hobby of making fun of Gregory Hines. I don't think that's hard to and, believe. Yeah, uh, but I just like that such a, such a weird person to pick on to be a guy that you, you would make fun of. Although maybe this is uh, Troy. You know, he doesn't want to admit that he's got a dancer inside him, as we would later learn. Yeah, we do find that out. Um, he died in two thousand three. I can see that being plausible. Okay. Um, but Gregory, I, I don't know if uh, we have definitely talked about this. Gregory Hines is a person whose name I've always known, but I, I don't know where I know him from. Maybe it's this, maybe Did, it's only this episode of Community. Didn't I tell you he's, isn't he on an episode of the Cosby show? I don't think that's Have accurate. we been through this I th- before? I, we have been through this before. Uh, I don't, I, I think that turned out to not be true. Maybe he's on an episode of one of the other Cosby spinoffs. Uh, Perhaps. Well, I just I did a, uh, a oh he's in History of the World Part One. Maybe I know him from that. Okay. And Muppets Take Manhattan. Okay. I've seen both those films and enjoy them a lot. But I know I've seen it. Uh, it was an episode of a TV. Little show. Bill, he was on. There's an episode of a TV. Little show. Bill, he was on. Okay. That's it, a Cosby product. But it's a cartoon. Yeah. There's an episode of a TV show. Did I tell you about Little Bill? Where he does, he 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 does tap dancing. Are you thinking of Law and Order? And I remember him having a tap dance off oh it's probably will and grace okay well okay now that you've said that i'm for certain i've seen him on that but i could have <laughs> sworn he he did like a tap a tap off with bill cosby but maybe in my mind i'm replacing bill cosby with whatever old man character was in that show because i just remember the joke was the old man could not tap dance hmm. and gregory hines was doing like very fancy moves yeah i can't help you there <laughs> All right, glad that's settled. Where'd we go? Uh, uh, first bequeathing. Oh yeah, and and uh, Tro- another great, a lot of great Troy moments in this episode, where uh, he doesn't know what the word bequeathing means, yeah. and then when it's explained that they're going to get gifts, he says, "Cool." I mean, cool. <laughs> he does a somber cool as his way of of being respectful, which uh, is very nice. Note about Troy. Mm-hmm. He he. You know what? It's it's kind of nice. He he's so honest. That even in being respectful, he's not going to hide that he's excited about the gifts. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a nice, nice little thing there. Um, you got a note uh, anywhere here? My next. Well, note? I don't have a note, but I, I just uh, to talk about the first bequeathing, mm-hmm. which is Shirley. Yes. Uh, yeah, I wrote down all the bequeathings. Okay. So that I, we could contrast and compare them with uh, co- the later cooperative. Uh, what's the co- poly- poly- cooperative polygraphy? Yeah, that's w- which was his actual bequeathings. Yeah. Because he's um, dead now, guys. You know, that's smart. I didn't write that down at all. Spoiler remember. alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for season five. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it, Shirley goes in, and Pierce gives her a CD, mm-hmm. which he says re- contains recordings of the group talking about her behind her back. Yes, when she left the room. When she left the room. Yeah. And so she holds on to this. Uh, she she doesn't believe it at first, right? Or does she? Uh, well, she, she just said, says she's not going to listen. Well, no, she doesn't come to that until later. Uh, she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't believe it at first. She comes in and she says, "You would you never talk about me behind my back, right?" Uh-huh. And then no one answers, and that's when she starts to get worried. Okay. Yeah. 
The, the second was Britta, right? Uh, yeah, Britta. Yeah, Britta got a blank check. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about... I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Sourface catch on as a name for Britta? Because <laughs> like, oh, I love that so much. And she does She does a Sourface. She does the Sourface when... Uh, he, the next person he asked for is Sourface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just does the Sourface. Yeah. I, I kind of love that. Yeah. Uh, and she gets a blank check for ten thousand. What does Shirley get in the in her act, in the actual bookie thing? I can't remember. It's not just sperm; it's more than sperm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'd love to imagine that someone has not seen season five, and and it's like it's not just sperm. This is the first thing they hear about that. <laughs> Look, season five. There's a lot of sperm. <laughs> um. Do you re- why why can't I remember this? Uh, I don't. It's not on the Wikipedia page. Was it a house? What was it? A house? What are you talking about? I thought didn't he give her a house? I don't think that's accurate. Yes, he gave her like. Where are you getting this? His apartment in Miami or something. No, what are you saying? He had a house and he gave it to her. What are you talking Shirley about? Shirley has Pierce's house now. I'm okay. certain that's not accurate. Are you looking I'm it up? I'm certain that's not accurate. Aren't you on the community? I'm Wikipedia? looking it up right now. Okay, it's taking a while. Communipedia. I'm go- I'm doing it. Wikimunity. I'm doing it. Wikimunity. Shut up. That's what they should have called themselves. Wikimunity. The yeah. The- <laughs> All right. So um, Sourface. Yeah. Uh, gets a blank check for ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, uh, which Pierce says you can write in whatever charity you want to give it to. Mm-hmm. And Bert is like, "Wow, this is really surprising." And then as before she gets to leave the room, Pierce then adds. Or you could take that money for yourself. Yeah. And that troubles Britta. Yes. Because she knows... Yeah, as just as she's leaving, he throws in, I suppose you could just write your own name. Yeah. Uh, she she knows that she's she's uh, poor. Yeah. Yes, she needs the money, clearly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's a troubling thing for her to think about. Mm-hmm. Donating or profiting. Yes. Um, and it's a real check. That's the other thing like this is pierce has that kind of money to a timeshare in florida i'll call that correct i'll call so. that half correct I'll, I'll i'll say that you get to be correct part of the year and then another part of the year someone else gets to be correct i can live with that <laughs> uh what is what does britta get in the later bequeathing do you recall oh come on how do you not recall i know i used ipod nano yeah <laughs> um so oh when she walks into Pierce's room, mm-hmm. before he says anything, she says, may I begin by quoting Dylan Thomas? Yes. Do you know who Dylan Thomas is? Why am I... He's a poet. He, I believe he's the one who famously uh, he died after consuming a massive amount of whiskey and said, 55 shots of whiskey and I'm still going, and then he died. I, I think that's the person. Okay, I love that those are his thinking. final words. Yeah. Uh, let me see if that's correct. Uh, I'd also like to imagine that maybe he started saying that after like the 20th shot. Yeah. And he just like he just got more and more bold with every <laughs> shot. Uh, keep going. I'm gonna. I'm, okay. I'm looking. Uh, my next note is about a quote from Troy, which has been used on the internet a lot. Well, of course, then the moment with her, she's he, she says that, and then Pierce says, "Go ahead," and she's okay. You call my bluff. Yeah, I. That's <laughs> another great. Yeah. There's a great uh, Pierce and Britta thing here where <laughs> you don't always get to see that, but yeah. Pierce knows that Britta's full of it. Yeah. And is able to call her out on her stuff. Whereas other people, like, let's say Annie, yeah. <laughs> would be like, <laughs> she she's naive, mm-hmm. so she thinks Britta's wise. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, this I am thinking of the correct person with okay. uh, with Dylan Thomas. Do you have a note before? Do you know what quote I'm talking about from Troy? Uh, no, but I have some notes before that that I, I we kind of skipped over. Okay, okay. So when Shirley comes in to get her bequeathment, she has brought some gifts for uh, Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, including one of them is a flea with a, uh, a mug with a picture of a flea that has a sign that says "Dog, sweet dog," uh, which I kind of it's it's the perfect amount of 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 corniness <laughs> and also in my opinion the joke doesn't really track which is perfect for like a, a cheesy gift, gift shop joke because as humans we don't hang signs that say house sweet house yeah they say home sweet home yeah there's no reason that should be different for a flea true so just to to i'm calling out the makers of that mug <laughs> I mean, it's a great it's still great yeah uh, and that's why i love it i think it's, it's the perfect uh, phrase to be on a mug <laughs> that you would get in a hospital gift shop um we also have in that scene uh pierce refers to the cd he gives uh, shirley as a compact record which is nice um uh the Tro- oh I th- and i think this is the troy line yeah. now that i come to it being written down i also wrote down lavar burden because before he even shows up uh troy mentions that if he had three wishes yeah. Uh, the first one would be for a signed picture of Lavar Burton. Yep. I forget what the second one. The third one was a million wishes, which she would probably just use on a million more pictures of Lavar Burton. <laughs> what was the first wish? The first wish was something good. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Troy says the line that people on the internet have. The presumably you hate because you're a dumb person. Well, but I like this line because people used it in this meta community sense. Yeah. We're gonna get that show back on the air, buddy. Yeah. I like that. Well, before I that, like that community <laughs> has this moment where it's able to refer to itself before it even knows that it needs to refer to itself. <laughs> uh, of course, the line leading up to that was uh, Troy and Abed says, uh, whichever one of them dies first, the other will stage it to look like a suicide in protest of the cancellation of Firefly. Yep. Which is, uh, let's, all, let's all direct our brown coat uh, rage toward Andrew, who does not care for that show because he thinks it's smug. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, you you laid out the facts yeah. carefully <laughs> and accurately. I think I find. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to find the exact quote that he said. Uh, the, the who said? Uh, Dylan Thomas. Oh, you you actually think there is a Dylan Thomas quote? Uh, no, oh no, the the whiskey quote. Oh, okay. He okay. It's I've had 18 straight whiskeys. I think that's the record, and that was his, that was those were his last words. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was the record. Yeah, <laughs> if it's not, he really, <laughs> he really it was not worth up. it. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, I want to say, Irish poet? Could be wrong with that. <laughs> he's Welsh. Okay. Uh, apologies to the nation of Wales for uh, for my... Oh, possibly Ireland. <laughs> well, he he wrote two poems that are related to death. Two two of his most famous works are related to death, it looks like. Oh, so that's why he's there. He wrote Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, which oh. is a famous thing I've heard. And another poem called And Death Shall Have No Dominion. Hmm. So... Do you think you just got educated, guys? Do you think Britta was gonna quote "Death shall no, not good go gently," and she was gonna do what I was doing right yes, there? Yes, yes. That's so that she is was what like, I "Well, you caught me." <laughs> yeah. Um, we also get uh, a, a term that I think is never used again in the show, but yeah. I, I remember liking it at the time. Yeah, and this is a term that I've I've since heard a lot outside the show. Well, the second one. The first one, I think, didn't catch on. The second one caught on. I would say sure. the first one caught on way more than the second one. Do you know which one's first and which one's second? Complisalt is first. Yeah. That, the, that's caught on? Yeah. I've heard explain a brag I've way more times. Are you thinking of humble brag? 
Probably. Yeah. That's the way my brain works. Yeah, because I've never heard, I've never heard someone use explain a brag. That's how whenever I say let me humble myself, I actually mean I'm going to explain myself. Yeah, <laughs> get those words confused all the time. But uh, the nurse is, is Jeff is going to he's he doesn't believe any of this nonsense. He's going to charge in even though it's not his turn. Oh yeah, that's I think that's another great yeah moment because the nurse comes out calls for Annie. Jeff says screw that I'm going in, and Oop, uh, just heard a, I heard Joel McHale's voice just come out of my computer. That's interesting. Uh, he sensed we were talking about him. I think it came from the Greendale wiki, probably, because uh, sometimes they have autoplay videos, which is oh. not cool, guys. Uh, well, and not to step on your explanation, but then Jeff barges into the room, and Pierce does not act surprised at all that yeah. Jeff has barged in and yeah. he's dead. Yes. Which I, I'd like to think that was Pierce's plan, <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, there's the great the great line, the, the original comp assault, which is... Uh, she says, stop or all, and then he'll say, and then Jeff says, or what? Work more hours for less pay than you deserve? And then she just kind of gets confused and says, she thank says, you. thank you, yeah. <laughs> and that, of course, is a comp assault. And then while Britta explains that, she says that she came up with the term, right? Yes. And she says, that's an explainer brag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, well, and, and so there's a line here that is relevant to later. five. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, Jeff had burst in, and Pierce says, you know, I imagine this moment, but in my head it was always you laying in the chair and me as a hologram. Well, in the bed. He yeah, that's says. what I meant, yeah. Um, and I'd be a hologram, yeah. Yeah. So I think we should retroactively give Pierce points. Callback points? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no one, t- t- look, this is a community <laughs> fantasy league thing that no one cares about. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, isn't that that's cool? Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I like season five where that goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in uh, here we find out uh, Jeff's bequeathment is that Pierce has allegedly found his father, yep. William Winger, mm-hmm. and has arranged for him to visit the hospital and visit Jeff. Yeah. Um, Which Jeff actually uh, gets a little freaked out about. Yes, he describes. Uh, Right after that, in a in a talking head moment or whatever you want to call it, Jeff describes his dad as a two-bit con man. Yeah. Who couldn't leave a trail if he tried or something. Yeah. But I kind of think that's interesting. He, he, he describes him as a two-bit con man. Yeah. That's kind of like a... I don't know. How do you imagine that actually playing out in Jeff's life? What? What do you mean? Do you think... So, I mean, we've seen... Uh, we've had flashes... Mm-hmm. Probably just in the in the pottery episode where did you just say pavely, pavelry episode, yeah. the pottery episode where where Rich is competing with Jeff, yeah, and we get a, a, a glimpse of little Jeff in front of a TV or something, with, and his mom says, yeah, come on, Jeffy boy, let's go play out in the side. Well, she tells him how special he is. Yeah, me. whatever. <laughs> yeah, the point being, we, we we get a sense of his interaction with his mother. Yeah, we we get the sense that. He has father abandonment issues. Yes. There's no real specifics, but calling well, they, him a con man is something very different than just They mentioned a, 1983 is when he left. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine while he was around, he was he was a schemer. He was always... He's so had, Jeff was 10? Hold on. Uh, Math time. Well, the well, when do you consider Jeff's birth date? Um, well, he turned 40 in 2014. Correct. And everyone so. who's 40 in 2014 was born in the 40s. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, well, no, so he would have been born in, this math should be easy. Yeah. So he was 30 not. in 2004. So he 2000 was 20, minus 16. He was 20 
That why would you say that? That's the most confusing thing you could have said right now. I was on track to solve it, and then you threw in complicated numbers. I was going by tens. I was gonna get there very shortly, and then you throw a sixteen into my head. What the hell is sixteen doing in in there? Where did the sixteen even come from, Andrew? Because you know what? I realize now it's yeah, it's twenty six. But go go on now. Go on. With I'm your better to- method. Yeah. So in twenty fourteen, he was forty. In 2004, he was 30. Yeah. In 1994, he was 20. Yeah. In 1984, he was 10. Yeah. In 1974, he was born. Yeah. So he was nine when his dad left. Okay. God damn it. Nine. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that while he was around, he was maybe someone who would spend a lot of the family's money on these schemes yeah. that never panned out because he was a two-bit con man, not a good con man. Okay. And then in 83, he packed up and left. You think Jeff never saw his father once after 1983? Yes. Okay. 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 Do you think uh, there should be some fan fiction made now where Jeff gets picked up by the Ravagers and becomes like an older brother to (laughs) Star-Lord? Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I have gone on record as saying that if if not Chris Pratt, Joel McHale should have played Star-Lord. Uh, so just, you know, let that out there. Okay. He looks more like the comics version than Pratt does, I'll say that. Okay. Didn't, didn't, no. Star-Lord is a blonde, man. Oh. When I would assume the hair is what gets you. Yeah. Uh, and of course he has comic book movie experience from Spider-Man 2. Um. As we all know. Yeah. Joel McHale was in that film as the evil bank teller who would not give Aunt May a toaster. A toaster? Yeah. I've forgotten that that was what it was about. Uh, okay, so my next note is about the role play between Jeff and Britta, where they play each other's oh, fathers. that's fantastic. They talk about that on the commentary how great is it stuff. is. Yeah, and I like that, uh, uh, you know, Britta would like to think that uh, of anyone in the study group, she is the most opposite of Pierce. But of course, her is still, as Dan Harmon points out in the commentary, her go-to to, to make fun of Jeff is to call him gay. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it ends with her saying, what do I know, I'm Jeff Winger's dumb gay dad. <laughs> Which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really that is if, if, you know, this is one of those scenes where if I was trying to get someone into, into community, this might be a scene that I highlight because it is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, LeVar Burton shows up. Yes. In person. Yes. In the flesh. And Troy and is shocked. I remember there's a, there's a, there's a gag that goes along with this where I think Britta says something like, I loved you on Rebop. Well, no, no, no. That, that's later. But Britta says something like, is, is he going to just throw money at everything? Or like, there's like a joke about like... Oh yeah, well Jeff says money, you, you can't just throw money and make anyone appear. Oh, that's right, about yeah. his dad. Yeah. And then, and then he LeVar walks Burton. in, Laura Burton. Yeah. Um, and he goes right up to Troy. Yes. And Troy just goes into shock, yeah. He just freezes up. Totally. Which they mentioned in the commentary how the, the style of this episode allows them to intercut Troy's actual reactions... When he's not around LeVar Burton. Yeah. To get his inner thoughts Sadness. and stuff. Yeah. But I think I think you get a good picture, like between him saying, I love LeVar Burton. And then just and then being just, frozen. Yeah, yeah. Being frozen. I think you get an idea of like, yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Like that's, that's But I think this episode did still lend well to it in that you, it's a lot of fun, the uh, seeing him yeah. and crying in the bathroom a lot singing of, the the reading rainbow theme. A song. lot of what, what uh what Troy all of Troy's actions were actually like the lines were ad libs. Yeah, those are classic Donald Glover ad libs. Yeah. Set phasers to love me is <laughs> <It was> perfect. <laughs> uh, were you a reading Rainbow kid? 
I mean, I watched it. I don't know if I'd say I was a super fan. Okay. In any sense of the word. Hmm. But I watched it. All right. I was I was like a TV kid. I would yeah. go through all the channels. Did you watch Rebop? D- no, that was before my time, and <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't uh, whatever Britta calls herself. I'm nostalgic as a child. She called herself nostalgic. Nostalgic as a child. Excuse but she me. says she had to buy the VHSs before something like. Well, she found was, the VHSs because she was nostalgic as a child. It was like a weird situation where <laughs> she was using, watching it on VHS. Have you? Did you look up that show? It's like from the seventies. I'm looking up right now. And he actually. only hosted one ep- one season of it, according Let's to Wikipedia. Say, uh, yeah, LeVar Le Burton hosted for the final season. Yeah. Uh, it was a local Boston situation. It was just like a children's edu- edutainment yeah. type of thing. The premise was to promote social understanding and diversity among young people. Yeah. Which, in the commentary, Megan Gans says how he asked, did you actually watch Rebop? Rebop? And she yeah. says, no, I just read it. One down your IMDb, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Um, can that be how I imagine she talks now this is interesting people who liked Rebop on IMDB also liked uh, Tom Selleck's Runaway what's that Uh, well that's a movie that actually was referenced on Community when they were doing their bad movie night that was the movie they were going to watch instead of Kick Puncher 2 but Pierce couldn't allow that because he hadn't prepared jokes so he claimed that uh, his brother was killed by giant mechanical spiders on the set of Runaway Ooh. And giant mechanical spiders are actually the the bad guys in Runaway. Mechanical? Yeah, it was a pre Wild Wild West, but set in the future, so in some ways a post Wild Wild West. <laughs> um, maybe that's why it's popular with Rebop people. The Rebop community. Oh, I'll tell you what else. Fans. Let me tell you what else. Yeah. Okay. So community fans are looking up all the weird obscure references. I'll tell you what else. Oh, it's, this is almost all. There's one thing on here that's not community related. Okay. And it's Roots. Which had LeVar Burton. The LeVar Burton connection. The other ones are My Dinner with Andre. Yeah. The Soup. Yeah. And an episode of Community. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Where are we at now? Uh, I love that Community has just uh, has has now claimed Rebop as, uh, as as just part of its sphere. So LeVar Burton is technically Troy's bequeathment. Yes. Uh, Jeff's is his dad. Annie. And then we get to Annie. Yeah. Who um, is the final bequeathment yes well yes yeah she's not the final i've hesitated for a second because she's not the final written down but that's just because i wrote Ab- abed nothing at the end mm-hmm. uh annie first she says she's crying on the inside uh-huh. and uh doing a sparks nevada impression pierce says gross uh i'm gonna ask you this what do you think pierce thought she meant by crying on the inside oh uh you know menstrual things okay I mean, that's, I think Pierce would go, like, emotions, girl, period. Okay. Like, that's, that's a Pierce train of thought. <laughs> yeah. So he thinks she's crying blood? Sure. He, think, he thinks it's a straight-up euphemism for periods, is what you're saying. Well, I mean, I'm that's not what saying I'm it's a get. smart No, no, I'm not, I'm, that's, connection. I, well, no. I'm saying that that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's, weird connection that, that Pierce would make. I mean, uh, the obvious one is peeing. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, gross, I think, he would go one step further. That's interesting. You consider a period one step further than peeing. Do we do we need to talk more about Annie's periods? <laughs> I'm talking about periods in general. Excuse you. I mean, specifically it's regarding Annie. <laughs> yeah, periods are grosser than pee. Yeah, but a period happens once a month and it's a planned... I mean, it's, you don't necessarily know the exact day, but it's it's something you're prepared for. 
It's something you're expecting to happen. Peeing your pants, that's that's outside the norm. And I would argue that that makes that grosser. I mean, urine is sterile. Okay. Is blood not sterile? I mean, blood also stains badly. That's true. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with is this. Is your definition of gross a stain? I mean... I'm trying to, I mean, no, it's not, but I don't, look, have you had the talk? Yeah. What are you getting with this? What are you getting at? What? What? This is, this is not for the podcast. This is now we've entered a dark alleyway next to the podcast. Yeah. I want to know where you're going with this. What do you know about periods? What do you... What do you really know about periods? I know that uh, when uh, at the end of a month, if a lady is not pregnant, then uh, her body must shed the uterine wall, which causes a lot of bleeding, which is expelled during the period, and also uh, the the unused eggs. Okay, it's not. You're saying end of the month, but I guess well, end of the cycle. End of the cycle is what I meant. Uh, sometimes it's I'm not, aware that it not it doesn't happen on the thirty first. And sometimes time. it's not even exactly monthly. Yeah, but at the end of the cycle is what I meant. I'll I'll admit you have a sister, so I don't know what you've learned there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it can be it can be bad. It, how do you it, mean bad? It can be. I think you're imagining blood like when we bleed, when men bleed. Yeah. It's just blood, but this is this is worse than. It's blood, blood plus. It's it's blood plus for sure. I'm aware sure. that it's blood plus. Okay. All right. But what I'm saying is, steps to, a woman knows she's going to get her period. Not, I'm going to say not always. Not always, but usually. Yeah. And precautions are taken. Yeah. It's expected. Here's, you know what? I'm guessing taking the Joker's perspective here. <laughs> Which is, you know, some blood plus gets out and, and, and no one's fine because it's expected. Yeah. Uh, but when, when you pee your pants, it's unexpected and that's a tragedy. And that's why I find that it's more gross. Do you think, uh, you think it's, it's more gross because it happens less? You're saying like... Because, yeah, because it's it's not something that's supposed to be there. But I think you it's, pee more than you would have a period. Yeah, but you do it in a toilet normally. I mean, in the old days, they I don't did think, it out in the wild. Here's what I'll say. Peeing in a toilet is less gross than a period. Peeing in your pants, I think, is more gross. We've, we've got a scale here. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out where <laughs> I land on it. I'm just, I think I'm always going to say, yeah, period's more gross than pee. Okay. In any situation. Because I'm, look, the only thing that I can reflect on personally is, is moments where I bleed on myself because yeah. I'm bleeding. Yeah. Or I've, I've gotten a droplet of pee on myself. Yeah. Not. <laughs> and you find the blood more gross. Not my own. That's the thing. Yeah. My own blood is less, so there's a scale here. Here's yeah. what I'm going to tell you the scale. Okay. Grossness scale least gross my own blood yeah a little bit more gross my own pee okay a little bit more gross someone else's pee yeah and then the most gross is someone else's blood yeah that's where i'm going and presumably even grosser than that is someone else's blood plus yeah that's way over there okay you know what actually this is what i always blows my mind in action movies or whatever or dramas when someone gets shot or blown up or something and someone's standing there with blood on them yeah if that was me maybe it's just me but for me (laughs) 
I'd be freaking out well, if I had I know, someone else's blood splattered. I know a movie that you hate on me, which does portray a person getting blood on them and them being very uncomfortable with it, is in Fargo when a certain policeman officer is killed, uh, and and Steve Buscemi gets blood on his face. He is clearly very upset about the whole scenario. Yeah, this is why I'm also upset when Steve Buscemi dies in that film. Spoiler alert. Anyone who hasn't seen Fargo, don't. Moving on. No, you, you know what? I'm going to believe that out because Fargo's a great movie and you should see it. You're not going to take and, the time to edit it. you got to drop this episode tonight. That's <laughs> true. Uh, all right, should we move on now? I mean, we've discussed periods and Annie's periods enough, I think. I was. You're the one who keeps trying to make it specifically about Annie, which I'm going to say is weird on your part, sir. <laughs> well, I think it's... the Because last time we discussed periods, it was period fairies, and that was yeah. Annie's period fairy. Yeah. And now again, Annie's in the scene. <laughs> she says a thing. We're talking about periods. Okay. Uh, so her tiara yeah. connects to the tiara that she receives in season five. Yeah, it's the same tiara. It is the same. Yeah. The one and the same. Yes. Uh, and did you recognize right away that that was like a plastic tiara? That's not a real tiara. Uh, what, what do I know about tiaras? It just, it uh, I will say, we, just plastic to, to me. wrap it up in season five, of course, Troy, uh, receives the, the, the keys to the empire if he can sail around the world. Okay. Just to, you know, uh, with LeVar Burton as his guide. So technically, you know, LeVar Burton was also part of it next time. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I want to talk more about this tiara. Okay. Uh, this is a weak CFL hypothetical. Now, she calls them blood diamonds at one point. Are those period blood diamonds? <laughs> no, no, no. She, after blood diamonds, she asks, are they Holocaust diamonds? Yeah. Would, under CFL rules, Holocaust there be a pop culture reference? In the sense that blood, blood diamonds, in a way, are one thing. Holocaust diamonds are another thing. Mm. Like, if, let's say someone's saying something is Nazi gold. Yeah. That's surely some kind of a reference. It's not specific enough, I don't think. You don't think so? No. Okay. And I think I would, I would apply the same ruling to Holocaust diamonds. Because I, I kind of like that Holocaust diamonds. I like yeah. that. That's such a strange supposition of words. Uh, I could see her mind going there. I, well, no. That, yeah, it makes total sense. I, I, what I, I'm curious about is why you want to try and profit off the Holocaust, Andrew. Look, <laughs> just call me Schindler. <laughs> <clears throat> um... Okay. Uh, I made a note about Shirley's talking head moment. Because mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great scene. Yeah, she steals the camera to give herself a talking head. Which Abed Can you give yourself into. talking head, Andrew? So sorry. You know who <laughs> that does? That one just occurred to me. Give themselves talking head? Who's that? Chris Hardwick. There we go. Woo! There it is. We came. We did it. <laughs> so... Uh, which is in the in the commentary they have a great story about Shirley read the script and then sends an email to the writers saying dearest writers mm-hmm. why why don't I have a talking head yeah. <laughs> and so they made that her scene where she yeah. steals the camera to give herself a talking head yeah and, and then that's she, that's perfect I yeah. think that's that's amazing and in her talking head she realizes that she sometimes uses guilt to get people to do things yeah and while she's saying that Abed comes in and she says oh I guess you didn't want me to have a talking head and he says no you can do it um, it's pretty but bright. I also I really enjoy that Shirley knows what a talking head is mm-hmm. and wants to have one yeah because we know what Shirley watches on yeah. TV yeah. and so yeah she would watch reality shows with talking heads mm-hmm. And she would know what that is and want to have one yeah. and know how to do it on her own. Yeah. She would just be like, oh, I'll set this up and tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like how Abed, in his editing, he cuts it 
like in mid sentence. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It's not just like she she's done talking. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. begins telling a longer tale. <laughs> yeah. And he and cuts then it. Just cut. <clears throat> um, okay, so Lavar Burton is gonna leave. Yeah. Next knows about this scene. Uh, and, and of course, throughout this whole episode, Britta has been stressing it out uh, because she she don't she does donate the money, the money to the Red Cross. She donates the Paul Mooney to Red Cross. But she realizes that if the cameras weren't on her, she would have kept it and and robbed the Red Cross of that money, and she feels terrible about herself. Yeah. Uh, and then Lavar Burton just swoops in as a hero because um, he's gonna leave. He's got to catch a plane. Uh, and uh, she says, no, no, you have to stay. Troy loves you. He's just super nervous. How much would it cost uh, for you to stay? I've got $264. That's all I have. Is that enough? Uh-huh. And LeVar says, oh, that's all you have? Don't worry about it. I'll stay. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she 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 realizes, thanks to him, that she is a generous person and a good person. She's he specifically just really, says, he says, you're, you're really bad with money. Generous friend who's bad with money. Yes. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, of course, something we've always seen in her when, when she paid for Robin's film school was something we saw yeah. in previous seasons. Uh, uh, and, and as they point in the commentary, this is another in the history of Britta responding bad, uh, incorrectly to things uh, when she's very excited to learn that she's terrible with money. Yeah. <laughs> because it means she's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. And in her talking head wrap-up after that, she, she says, can you imagine bouncing a check for, for Kunta Kinte? Yeah. <laughs> which uh, that's... That, uh, ties into the tag. We'll get to the tag when we get to the tag. Yes. Uh, uh, I I like. There's a there's a Jeff busts into Pierce's room and says, uh, "Look, I don't I don't want to meet my dad." Well, I don't remember how he words it, but he says, "This better not be a trick. Yeah. Like it better not be you out there in in a wig. Yeah, or I'm gonna kill you." Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he says, "Understood." And Pierce says, "Crystal." Yeah. And then, do you not recall that on Harmontown recently they had a discussion about the crystal thing? Oh yeah, where but it but it was kind of different. It was uh, are are we clear? Yeah. And then you respond crystal. Yeah. And so here Pierce is doing it wrong. Yes. <laughs> but it still kind of works. Yeah. In that I I would imagine Pierce is the type of person who's always wanted to say crystal. Yeah. <laughs> in response to something, and so yeah. understood crystal. Yeah. Doesn't make logic sense. No. But, but we understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we uh, so Jeff leaves the room and we get some classic uh, Chevy physical comedy <laughs> as he immediately leaps to the phone and struggles to pick up the phone uh, to, to make some calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, Pierce, he, he's got this last minute scheme where he shows up in a sedan with tinted windows <laughs> and he waves one hand out and, so, and calls Jeff on the phone and says... Barely uh, disguising his voice. Yeah, barely. And he says, oh, I can't come closer because you look too much like your mother, which as they point out in the commentary is, is like a subtle dig. Even in this moment, he's yeah. still kind of digging it, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, obviously, Jeff sees through this and uh, chases after the car yep. and drags Pierce out of it to beat the hell out of him. Yep. Um... Which, as they say, Chevy was very game for that, which which makes sense because he likes the physical comedy. Yeah, and that that was a good yeah. that was a good altercation. Yes. I'll call it that. Yeah. Um, what I like about this scene here is, um, so Pierce is saying, you know, I, I did this because you don't take me seriously. Uh, you, you don't invite me to Dungeons and Dragons or, or I forget what the second the trampoline thing the trampoline your secret trampoline. Uh, and, and there was he, a third thing. Well, he says you all think I'm a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to which Jeff responds, uh, "You're not disproving that theory." Uh, what I, what I like about his is uh, no, no, neither of them is wrong technically, 
but and nothing is learned. Like no side really backs down. Yeah. Uh, but they've just kind of had this release of pressure, and they're they're able to go back and be friends after it, which uh, mm-hmm. is you know that that's, that is a, a really good example of how the Jeff and Pierce dynamic works. Yeah. And of course, the the scene ends with uh, Jeff says his thing, and then uh, Pierce says, "I guess you're right." But Jeff is just still so amped up. He says, "What'd you say?" And he starts beating Pierce again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, which is where that release of pressure comes from. Uh, so P- uh, Abed mm-hmm. wraps up his documentary with voiceover. Yeah, because uh, he said he says like something in the voiceover like, uh, you know, when you don't really have an ending for your documentary, you can just use a voiceover. Over use a voiceover and images. Some, yeah, and dramatic music <laughs> and dramatic music, and it makes it all look like it ended all yeah. right. And one of them is Annie leaving the bathroom and then kind of like being embarrassed. Yeah, which is nice. Which was in, it was great in the gag reel. Yeah. Where one gag is she, someone leaves the bathroom before her and she comes out like she'd just been sexually assaulted. <laughs> you describe that as great. That's interesting. It's, it's funny. The headline tomorrow, Andrew Lindy loves sexual assaults. I think, because it's, it's clearly, it was, she was part of the idea. Yeah. It wasn't like, <laughs> this wasn't a scripted moment. This yeah. was, she was like, this was be, Annie. She yeah. grabbed us a, a person on set and said like, do a thing. Like I just got raped in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Abed, what I think is really interesting about this, Abed ends that whole little speech, uh, before the tag, uh, he says about the documentary style and, and wrapping it up when there's no ending, he says, I'm not knocking it. It works. Yeah. Which I think that's interesting. I think yeah. that is, do you think that's kind of an admittance from Dan Harmon and the writers that do you think that was the first sign that Megan Gans was going to hop ship? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's, that's just a little not like, you know, Hey, it's, it, this is all in fun. Mm-hmm. We, we know this, this whole episode is kind of a dig at modern family, but you know, we no no, no hard feelings. I think. Is what now, saying. were you an office watcher? Yeah. I remember hearing a thing where on the same night that this episode aired, and it was mildly unplanned, uh, that the office episode that aired was not shot documentary style. I don't recall an episode of the office that was not shot documentary style. I, that didn't make any sense to me either, but I remember hearing this. I'm going to try to look this up. That same night, the episode from the same exact, because they were on, on the, the same Thursday night the block, block the Thursday yeah. night comedy, whatever they called it. Thursday night ha-has. Thursday night chuckle times. <laughs> the chuckle times hours. With a y, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was an executive note. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, look, more can, we get a, can we get a Y in there? More hip spelling of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was really pushing for T-Y-M-E-Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the word, of course, was time singular, and they, they just couldn't make that logical jump. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, February 17th, 2011 is the day. Let me now go to, over to the office and see if I can look up that. And I don't even recall where I read this from. I and I feel like there was Dan Harmon was involved in quoting. He, he was quoted somehow hmm. saying that it wasn't planned. I remember someone involved in the show said that it wasn't planned. But but it was a fan who said who brought to my attention the connection either on on Reddit or uh, an IMDb forum. I kind of remember this uh, episode. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if the whole thing was the... So, in, in the office, there was a running gag starting in the early seasons where they had discovered a script written by Michael Scott, the Steve Carell character, oh. called Threat Level Midnight, <laughs> where the... Uh, see, you've, you I, have, you have I now, like that title. You have now laughed at a I've joke in the office. At an you office joke. famously said you've never laughed at anything on the office. I, I watched an hour of it at the at a in a waiting room one day, and just none of it was funny to me. 
it, the first three seasons are really solid. I feel then it's it's steadily downhill from there. Okay, uh, keep keep explaining. Uh, I, I want to see where this goes. Threat level midnight, of course, stars a character who was clearly an alter ego for him. Uh, Scott Michael. Michael Scarn. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and this episode is uh, the 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 film he has finished the film uh, just you know filming it with coworkers from the office and I don't I don't remember the episode like just being the f- the film mm-hmm. but I, I guess if it was that wouldn't be documentary style okay it half checks out yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah so I mean the funny thing is in my memory I remember kind of this was a lower end episode for me. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of this documentary style. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking it was kind of silly that Pierce faked illness or faked near death. Yeah. Um, I know in the past we talked about how you seem to, uh, shoot, uh, reject all of the documentary episodes after the first one. Yeah. Well, it has been your, your position in the past. Yeah. I, but it's upon second viewing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and even technically third, including commentary. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. And what I, I think is a highlight for me in this episode is, is um, a lot of times, and you sometimes don't agree with me, but I, 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 a lot of times I see Shirley as not being a fully respected group member or having, oh, a lot of times her storylines are cut short. Yeah. I mean, this season, there's a big Shirley storyline. Season yeah. two is the, the baby. Yeah. Um, but in this in this episode, I like how she takes charge at the in that one scene where she makes her own talking head. Yeah, and her um, the wrap up. We didn't even say how her CD wraps up. Yeah, she Britta finally she steals the CD from Shirley and plays it. Plays it. Britta somehow knew where a, a stair uh, boombox would be. Well, it was in a the break hospital. room. If, yeah, uh, no, I thought about this. There would be yeah. no boombox. Yeah. There would be no CD player in a in a hospital break room. And also, if you don't work at the hospital, I mean, you obviously know where break rooms are in, yeah. in the hospital because you work there. Well, well if it you seemed don't like Troy there. was doing a, a talking head in, in that break room. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. That I, it was technically a commentary note because I didn't notice all the commentary. Okay. This is another pop chip episode. This is an episode where they have pop chips instead oh. of let's. Ooh. So I'm assuming at some point NBC had some kind of deal with pop chips, which is why let's briefly left the community universe, which is a shame because I, I'm firmly on the let's side of things. Me too. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so the, the CD is played... But uh, I don't think I don't think uh, Troy was in the break room there. I think he was in some kind of area that had like vending machines that was public. Okay, it kind of looked the same to me. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, the, when the CD is played, uh, it is Shirley leaving the group, and then Pierce immediately turns to the group and says, "Hey guys, yeah. what do you hate about Shirley?" Pierce very obviously trying to get them to talk shit on Shirley. Yeah. And none of them do it. And and even and they, they realize that he is. Recording. Yeah. Jeff points out. He says, "Okay, James Bond, yeah, turn we, off your spy camera yeah. or your st- your spy, spy recorder." Yeah. And then uh, no one says anything mean, and and uh, they even say a nice th- like Pierce says. So nobody hates Shirley or something like that and they all go no you're crazy like well he says they call him out and he says oh like Shirley's any better and they all say yeah she is yeah yeah and she comes back and that's it yeah her exit line of course when she leaves the room is don't learn anything without me (laughs) her classic (laughs) Shirley voice which is pretty great still a great line yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah so and I like I like that I like that storyline for her I mean Mm -hmm. she kind of she does kind of learn but as we see she still uses the guilt yeah so uh, it's, it's this. I think this is a better episode now for me. Okay. Now upon another viewing. Yeah. And then also given the ties to season five, yes. I feel like that strengthens it. Yes. Yarp. Okay. Yes. No, I agree. 
Uh, and then the, the tag? Yeah. Uh, LeVar Burton and Troy are eating salmon. Yep. At Greendale. <laughs> I'm curious to know where in they got... The... Yeah, in the study room. Where, does the Greendale cafeteria have salmon? What would you... Okay. Maybe. They got some. Got it somewhere else and brought it back? Well, or... So, Troy... I don't know if Troy would tell the dean, but someone tells the dean... Hey, oh, LeVar, Burton. LeVar Burton's in town. Yeah, class up the joint. And so the dean wants to wants to get a, a matching statue with uh, <laughs> to go Louise Guzman, Guzman of LeVar Burton. Yeah. And so he tries to impress LeVar Burton. Okay, I can see that actually. Yeah. And uh, which they mentioned in the commentary that LeVar Burton imp- improvised kind of the line where uh, Troy Troy can't take it anymore and he just, just screams runs and yeah, runs off. Yeah, because LeVar Burton sings the Reading Rainbow theme song. <laughs> Troy can't take it. He runs off. Uh, and then he says, more fish for Kunta. Yeah, which was supposed to be more fish for Lavar. Yeah. <laughs> but he just threw in Kunta. Yeah. And they were pleased. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I like, I like that Lavar Burton was able to do this. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's almost like a new trend. Not, it's not new anymore, but yeah. it was new t- five years ago. For, yeah, well, 2011. We're, well, I'm going to say before then. It was a thing yeah. before then. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a new thing where celebrities could go on shows as themselves in different versions. Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah, in the mainstream context. Yeah, people started having fun because it was it was done before. I'm not going to say Community started it. Yeah. I'm not even going to say it's. I'm going to say what was that show on HBO that did it? Curb Enthusiasm. Nope. Before Entourage. That. Nope. Before that. Larry Sanders show. Yep, that's the one. There Neither of us have seen it. No, I've seen it. Oh well, one of us has seen it. I enjoyed when it. When did lot. that air? It's a great show. That, I want to say 92 it started. I'm going to say See, 92. That was a thing, but it was 99. on HBO. It was on HBO. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm going to check right now. It I'm was on s- HBO. It starred Gary Shandling, the I'm great say, Gary Shandling. It, w- it wasn't mainstream, but it featured celebrities making fun of themselves. Uh, yeah. In a sense. 92 to 98. I was so close. I'll give you. I'll give you. Oh, I was so close. Anyway, uh, but it's, it's, it's really amped up in mainstream television, yes. I'll call it. Uh, so yeah, I'm so. glad it wasn't. By the way, you didn't hear, and I don't know if it was clear in my voice, but when you shot down Kirby's enthusiasm, there was a moment of panic where I'm like, "Ooh, is Entourage the show he's thinking of?" <laughs> uh, but of course, it was not. No, and it's funny. I I have not. I don't think I've seen a full episode of any of the shows that you listed right there. Not even Kirby's enthusiasm. Oh, because you don't like Seinfeld because you're a dumb person. I like Seinfeld. Fine. That's not accurate. What do you mean that's not accurate? You've specifically talked about. You've made fun of me for liking Seinfeld in the past. I don't think I've done that. I think just because I like it more than Gilmore Girls, and that's very upsetting to you. That's that is very upsetting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that out there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna not rule out uh, celebrities appearing as themselves on Gary Shandling's previous show as well, which was called It's Gary Shandling's Show, um, in which he also played like a comedian who might encounter other famous people. Okay. Um, that show famously was not available on DVD for many years. Uh, and now that it has come out on DVD, I, I, I want to buy it because it sounds amazing, but it's a lot of money. It's only sold as a whole set. Oh. And for a show I've never seen, it's a tough purchase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This has been, shut up, uh, Matt, as you talk about DVDs you're considering buying. You know, uh, a sight unseen show that I would buy all of if it was made available, mm-hmm. which it isn't, mm-hmm. Murphy Brown. Huh. Chew on that. You would just buy, buy, immediately buy all of that. Yeah. That's not available, huh? Is there, was there, what's the, why not? I don't know. What's holding them back? It seems like that was a popular maybe, show. Maybe it was one of those music things. I can't imagine it would be. That doesn't seem like a... a I know. It didn't make sense to me, but it is not on DVD in its entirety. Uh, I, I don't know. First if maybe, season came out in 05. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe a first or second, but it, there's like six seasons. Oh, so there's a music thing. So due to low sales, 
Low sales. Sorry. And high music cast costs. No future releases are planned. Should a sale uh, surge in sales arise, however, the studio would happily consider releasing additional seasons. Consider. Sets. But there was, I remember, I only bring that up because I, someone tweeted about um, if you had like DirecTV, mm-hmm. DirecTV had some kind of deal with a channel that aired Murphy Brown where you could you could stream Murphy Brown from that channel. Every episode ever? N- not every episode. Well, but you know, there's, the first... there's double Murphy Brown Seinfeld connections, by the way. What was well in one episode they discovered that Elaine is writing a spec script for Murphy Brown. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, And then in another episode, when Kramer, because Kramer goes lives in L.A. for a while, Mm -hmm. uh, and and during that time he appeared on Murphy Brown as Murphy Brown's secretary. Is that the character Kramer appeared on Murphy Brown? And in Murphy Brown, is that canon? Cougar Town style. Yeah, Cougar Town style. Uh, I don't. I don't believe. Because I would. I would love that so much more than i already do <laughs> yeah i don't believe kramer actually showed up on murphy. i'll tell you off air why i really why i'm really interested in murphy Brown. because of the single mother mother controversy well and specifically the president that's weird how recently that happened right no but also the the president in a public statement call not, name not, name calls out murphy not Brown. the president by the way yeah it Dan was well who was never president. I thought it was the president at the It time. was Dan Quayle. He was vice president. He was running for president. Oh, vice president. Excuse yeah. me. That's where I'm getting... I, I, yeah. The word vice is invisible to me. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, he calls her out. Yeah. Like, calls out the character. During a presidential debate. And then they use it in the show. Yeah. The season opener. Yeah. They quote... They use him. That's weird as hell. It's amazing. It's weird for so many reasons. <laughs> I think it's delightful. But this, of course, was the same time when, when the actual president, when George W. Bush, called out the Simpsons, if you recall. And they responded. They, they also made that part of the show. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. TV was great. What happened? TV was great. And, and you know, we think of, of Republicans as uptight now. But there's, like, no one being like, you know, I, I don't know what the equivalent would be. Oh, Leslie Nope is a bad politician. Like, imagine if, if someone on uh, a... a if John Boehner, say, mm. was like, oh, Leslie Nope is ruining politics, how weird would that be? Or if Fox News did a special on yeah. Leslie Nope yeah. <laughs> and her rope-a-dope tactics. <laughs> oh, the the late 80s were weird. <laughs> um, they were fantastic. Late 80s, early 90s, I should say. Uh, okay, should we wrap this up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. We've gone late, long again. Uh, you know, I, I th- I've been transformed since I listened to S- Go Bayside and it was like an hour and a half. <laughs> And that's about a half-hour show. Yeah. If, if April Richardson can get away with it, why can't we? Well, what neither of us are professional comedians. That's accurate. <laughs> this is uh, this is just a thing we do. That's true. Out of love. Plugs? For the show. Plugs. Yeah. Let me start with a special plug. Whoa. <laughs> Coming in hot. If you're listening to this, you are clearly a fan of community. Yeah. And you know what fans of community should do? What's that? They should go to Communicon. They should. Uh, Communicon is a delightful event mm-hmm. where fans of community come together. It's a fan-made event. Yeah. F- uh, fans run it. By fans? By for fans, fans for fans. And they, they reach out to the writers, to the to the stars of community. Yeah. And and they, they're happy to to show up and yeah. take part of this community fan event. Yeah. Which spans two days. They're all there. Uh, in October. Yeah. You have the exact days? October like, 26th. And, and 27th? Sure. It's a Saturday and Sunday combo yeah. in L.A. 
You should just look up Communicon. Communicon. I don't remember the exact website. I'm sorry. Uh, but everyone knows how to Google. Yeah, you can, come on. You can do it. Just Google Communicon. Yeah. Or on Twitter, I think they're at... Communi- is it just at Communicon? Go to communicon.tumblr.com, t- uh, yeah. which is their official uh, site. Uh, schedule pending. We'll both go. Yeah. Because you, you have a job, and I have a job. Yeah, we both have jobs. We both have jobs. But I think we can make this wor- work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, go to that. Yeah, go to communicon.tumblr.com, click ticket info, and that'll show you how to do the things. Yeah. Because we should all be excited for season six. They're available for purchase until September 15th, 2014. Oh, shit. That's so coming So make up. sure you do it before then. It's in less than a month. And it's October 25th to the 26th. There we go. I got one of the days right. All right. So that's that. Uh, you yeah. should also listen to my other podcast that I do called mm-hmm. Nerd's Eye View. Yeah, The View. Where I talk about movies and a little bit of television. Sometimes TV. Uh, we always review a film that's new in theaters. Once a week. Uh, and we also talk about news for that week. We And we go over the box office numbers. Things uh, and a fun little thing that we do is we always Take play a game sales. called Guess the Ending. And then when it's done, you end the guessing. <laughs> we do. We end the guessing. And uh, in Guess the Ending, we look at what's coming out new in theaters, and we, we take a stab at guessing how they'll end. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're always accurate. 100%. I think that's... that's. I don't think you that's or anyone dream. else on the show has ever said something that was not 100% factually accurate once the movie came out. Yeah, and they're always great films that yeah. we describe. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, nevpodcast.com, uh, benvnetwork.com slash nev, on Twitter, at nevpodcast. Uh, it's a it's a great, fun time show. Yeah. And uh, Benson over there, Mr. Matt Benson, yeah. was Doctor, on... Doctor, excuse me. Doctor Matt Benson was on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy episode yeah. from two or three weeks ago. I'm hooked on a feeling... Uh, and in our last episode, oh, it was a special one where we kind of did a, a, a rear view review. Yeah. One of those of, of Columbiana. How did you like it the second time around? I liked it less. Interesting. But you should listen for more details, uh, which is interesting. Zoe Saldana star of that film, or Saldana, Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. If you respect her original name. Yeah. But she wants it pronounced the other way now. She took off the tilde. She did. She lost the tilde. She whitened up. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. So <laughs> she pulled a John Stewart, oh. real name Jonathan Stewart Lebowitz. Are you gonna be like uh, that guy who's always attacking him? <laughs> who's always attacking him? Who's the guy that he fights with all the time? Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly loves to call him by his full name. Oh, does he? I yes. didn't know that. There's also, of course, the president. Uh, the precedent of uh, I remember when Charlie Sheen was uh, going after Chuck Lorre. He, there was a real anti-Semitic bent Whoa. to the way he he specifically pronounced Chuck Lorre's real name, huh. uh, which I can't remember what it is, but it's 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 more uh, Semitic than Chuck Lorre. Let's, okay. let's put it that way. Uh, so check that out. Oh, and then we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a Sin City, uh, a Dame to Kill for review. Mm-hmm. Talking about Eva Green. Mm-hmm. We're killing for her. Yeah, I would kill for that Dame. Uh, so please listen. Uh, go to BenViewNetwork.com, check out all the shows that I'm on on there, and the others, but the ones I'm on are Benson's Boombox, Popsicles, and Matt and Brendo's Wrestling Show, which just had a new episode with an amazing guest. If you're if you're a fan of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, you know him as Philip Fathom, Deep Sea Detective. If you're a fan of Welcome to Night Vale, you know him as Steve Carlsberg. Uh, the great Hal Lublin, 
was uh was on Matt and Brenda's wrestling show. We talked about wrestling. It was a great time. We talked about SummerSlam specifically, which just happened. So definitely check that out at mbwspod.com or mbwnetwork.com slash mbws. Uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. Follow the show on Twitter. That's Shut Up Len Pod. Uh, write us an email, shutupleonardpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, do stuff to us on iTunes that makes us feel good. Write us a review, rate us, subscribe to us. Anything helps. Do all that. You you, you want to shout out on the show, just ask for it. Oh, there was some community news that we didn't talk about. Oh, snap. I have my own. Uh, you Jim, have... Jim Rash gave an interview. I think yours is more like community rumors. Well, uh, mine's, mine's actual news. Excuse me, sir. Mine is, it's not rumors and that it is a thing that's happening. It's just vague. Yeah. Uh, but Jim Rash said we're, we're going to see more uh, outside of the school this year, uh-huh. which is a sign of a budget increase, I would say, uh-huh. because that's the reason why season five was, was mainly stories within the school. Uh, looks like season six, we're going we're gonna to be venturing outside of Greendale more often. That's exciting. You ready for mine? And Jim Rash wants a Game of Thrones period. That's the rumor part. My community news is a little troubling. Community news. What is it? Uh, I didn't know this, but there's a re- reboot of the odd couple happening on cbs mm-hmm. did you know about this mm-hmm. and do you know who's on it mm-hmm. god damn i just lost his name but thomas lennon okay and uh the guy who plays chandler i'm so bad matthew, matthew perry. perry excuse you sorry but all i can think of is okay so i'm gonna so, look this is not related to community at all yet yeah of those two which is which i'm gonna say thomas lennon is jack lemon for more than just similarities of names. Okay. And Matthew Perry is Walter Matto. You're actually right. Yeah. Which, but I imagined it the other way around. Do you know who, to, do you know who Tom Lennon is? Does, yeah, but I imagined he'd be fun as a slob. No. I, think, I thought that'd be fun. No. Anyway. That's why I'm in charge of casting shows. <laughs> I would say, are you Charles? I got, a, I got a job at CBS. I don't know if you heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, then can, can we get you to not take yvette nicole brown onto odd couple i believe i read this news i don't think she's a regular she's described as like working in the office uh where one of them works i think it's a recurring i don't think she's a i don't think she's on every episode it worries me a little i think she'll be able to do both okay whoa there was this is a rumor we're going way over by Uh, this point we had we had community news we forgot about uh dan Harmon says on harmontown there was someone he said he wants to be the new pierce for season six which I got very excited because it sounded awesome, but I don't think it's actually going to happen. But I can't. Who did he say? Was. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, by new Pierce, you mean just the old guy yeah. in the group, right? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like Jonathan Banks did in season five. Yeah, I forget who it was though. I wish I could remember. Uh, if anyone knows, Kurt Russell. Tweet it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just going to say names now. Who? Fuck. Who was it? I don't remember. Damn it. And I just listened to that. It was someone from a show that he's been watching a lot. Oh. I don't know. I don't know either. I can't Tweet us if that. you know. Tweet us if you know. Please Shut do. up, Len Pod. Or, or Dan Harmon, if you're listening, please uh, yeah. help us remember. Yeah. Uh, we'd, yeah. We'd love to get your input. Yeah. Mark Bolton's usually pretty on points of these, and I know he listens to Harmon Tab. Mark Bolton, if you know the answer, you tell us. Shut up, Leonard. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.